Welcome to Video For All. Uh, this is the place where I speak to people just like you who know that they have to show up on video for their business, but they really don't want to. So uh, here to help yeah. me democratize <laughs> video for business, to share my journey, is Chris Fenning. Uh, Chris Fenning, and Chris is a reformed perfectionist, or so he tells me. So uh, Chris, set the scene for us. Where do you work? Who with? Doing what? Serving who? All right. Hi, everyone. And Julian, thank you very much for having me on the, today. So who am I? I'm a, I'm a communications instructor and author. I work for myself and for everyone who I help be a little bit clearer when they communicate. So I've had 20 years in a corporate environment, 16 countries, uh, three continents, multiple industries. And uh, taking that 20 years of experience, I moved into being a communications instructor and author. And a big part of that is being on video. And it's something I avoided for a long time. So uh, almost everything I do is through a camera, uh, except for today, where I'm getting to do something in live and person, which is great, but it will be filmed. So there's still a camera present, even though there's sort of that live workshop environment. So, yeah, so communication instruction is what I do. Right. Communication. So uh, you're a, uh, a presenter, a coach, a trainer as well. Do you do do that? Yes, so I predominantly work with individuals in a one-to-one -one improving their individual communication, particularly those who are looking to move into leadership positions, and I do a lot with companies. It tends to be companies where managers want their teams to communicate better with the executives. So managers who are spending a lot of time translating what their teams say into clear, concise business language. And I work with those teams to give them simple tools and techniques to change detailed information into headlines, summaries, and sort of a very succinct business-focused message. Yeah, and that's so important. Uh, you were just telling me that uh, you finished reading uh, Press the Red Button, uh, and one of the yeah. things I hint to at the start, even though the book isn't particularly about it, but is clarity of message. Because when you put that time up uh, front with getting uh, uh, clarity of your message, it makes presenting it makes being on video so oh, much yes. easier. So let me go back. So where, when did video come onto your radar and, and, and what was Chris Fenning like uh, back in pre-video times? Oh, so pre-video in person, confident, oh, a few butterflies when standing in the front of the room, the usual sort of thing when you're in front of hundreds of people, but confident in a room, confident when I knew my topics and... I've been aware of video for, as a medium for, for what I do, for probably eight or 10 years. In fact, if you go back on, on YouTube and search for my name, you can see videos I was doing as part of a communications course just after I left university, which are, looking at them now, almost cringeworthily embarrassing, but I'm not taking them down because I actually like seeing the journey that I've been on. And I point people to them still a little bit embarrassed, but I point people to them to say, it's awkward in the beginning, but it's a, it's a journey. So it's okay to see what's at the beginning. So I've been aware of video for, for sort of six to 10 years. I've only started embracing video in the last, I want to say 12 months, but actually it's closer to six since I've embraced it and become more comfortable with it. 
So what is that in in numbers? What 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 does that mean? How many how many videos were you making a year ago? How many videos are you making now? Ah, so a year ago, in my head, I was making hundreds of them and <laughs> scripting them out and working them out, and I was recording maybe one every few months, and maybe I would publish one every six months. So it was a very low number, and I I, I had all the ideas, but but really struggled to execute and then put it out there. Now I do a video every day. What were your first videos like and what are your videos like now? My first videos were on my laptop with uh, sort of the up the nose look from the laptop camera, no idea of lighting and setting and quite a few ums and ahs, but they were real despite the very first videos were really me because they were part of a course. Then when I started creating videos for, for my business, I got stuck in sort of perfection paralysis. And I ended up with word perfect, for the script I wanted, word perfect videos with no personality. I took all of me out of it. The words were right, but I spent so much time trying to get exactly the right words that everything else came out. There was none of me, there was no gestures, there was no passion from what I was saying. It was just very robotic. Uh, and that's that's what those early videos that were in my professional capacity, that's what they were like. It was good content, really poor delivery because so worried about getting it right. So the videos you do now, what triggered the change? I, it was a journey, it was a cumulative effect of some people just telling me I had to do it. I, I had one person who I respect in the communications field, I had a conversation with them. They said, oh, so where are your videos? I was like, oh, I know I should do them. And I mumbled out a few excuses and reasons why oh, I'll get to them, you know, watch this space. And they just looked at me and said, if you're not doing video, you're not in the game. You can't be a communications instructor and not do video. People won't take you seriously. And that, not in that moment, but within the next day or so, that really hit home. And it, that was on top of having seen a lot of information about it, taken courses, been given the advice a lot of times. But to have somebody who I respected in my field who is good at video say, if you're not doing it, you might as well stop. That was a real wake up moment for me. And, um, and I had to dive in at that point. That pushed me over the edge. And what's the reaction been from your, your clients? Good. Of course, everything I feared <laughs> didn't, didn't come to pass. Uh, I've had, well, not, not all good. It ranges from ambivalent. Some of them don't notice that I'm doing it all the way through to, hey, this is really good. Can you help me do a video? Which I wasn't expecting at all. So I'm still, still not 100% comfortable, but I do videos every day and I've got the process down so that it's not a big time suck for me. And the response has been positive. It's it's generating interest, but more than that is I, I use video to get more than one thing out of it. So video is multi-purpose for me and my clients like that and I really like that, which means I like doing videos. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's important for people to understand because one of the big barriers for people is the time sink that goes into making videos. Now, that's particularly bad when you suffer perfection paralysis like you do because it can yeah. take you hours, in fact, a half a day, a full day to make a very short video. But once you get in, 
into yeah. accepting that uh, authentic is works fine is that you can start pump, pumping out longer form content and then start repurposing that, chunking that down into smaller parts. So, in fact, it becomes very time efficient. Oh, yes, very much so. And I've, I'd like to explain what I, what I do to make it time efficient. I think it might help uh, some of your other, your other viewers. And then I'm gonna, gonna come back to the, the one hour to create a short video because that was my, one of my first experiences on, on TikTok, in fact. But for the multi-purposing, I, I wanted to find a way that video wasn't just a throwaway social media thing because that's a terrible time suck. It goes up on social media, maybe a few dozen people see it and then it disappears into the ether. So I'm very deliberate in what I create on my daily videos. And I do a one minute daily tip video on particular topics. So I spent a couple of hours, I sat down and I wrote a few hundred tips in different categories. And what I do is I record them in batches and then I edit them in batches and I do the thumbnails in batches and I upload them to YouTube in batches. And so that's my video process. It takes me probably end to end 15 minutes to record a video, edit it, do the screen overlays, thumbnails, get the subtitles, upload it to YouTube, like all of that for 15 minutes which seems like a lot, but that one video is not only my social media content, but the subtitles become transcripts and I'm writing a communication tip book with the transcripts from the video. I'm putting those videos together into larger packages for a weekly YouTube video on the 10 tips for how to present to executives. And then all of those tips get to be put together into either a free giveaway course or a low paid course, because it's not super high quality, but it's another product. So I do one minute video every day and I get four things out of it. And then I write a blog post every week based on the tips for that week. So one video, multiple purposes, and that makes the time more palatable. It's far easier to accept 15 minutes for one minute when I'm getting four things out of it. And I'll just follow on with that. Uh, a lot of people ask, you know, how many videos should I make? And I always say, look, a good, a number to make is five, because once you make five, you have just created a Monday to Friday series. So you can repurpose that uh, as a, uh, uh, an email sequence that goes out. So someone signs up for your newsletter, then you send them a, you know, a Monday to Friday sequence of useful, helpful tips. Uh, so there's many ways that you can do this. Uh, one of the questions that I like to ask is what video habits that you've got you've already answered that for me so <laughs> go back now i i, I want to hear about you spending an hour to make a video and man, i must say you said it takes you 15 minutes end to end that's fast even i mean re, I, whatever you're doing you're doing really well uh oh, but, yeah, but that's fast oh great thank you I, well 15 minutes end to end including all the uploading is what i am now back a year ago. So you asked what I was doing a year ago. A year ago, I was making my first TikTok video about, I wanted to do a dance, but I thought maybe I should do something that was more business appropriate. So I spent an hour, one hour, making one single 60 second TikTok video. And it was one of the most painful, excruciating experiences because of perfection paralysis. It was, I was so nervous. I wanted to get the words exactly right. And because of that, I did take after take after take. 
and I tried chunking it up into little bits, but of course I was then, the video would jump and I'd be here and then there and I'd start in different places. And the whole experience was, it put me off doing video completely. I kept on doing it. I kept doing it every day. Um, I did it actually for about a month and it got better. I ended up getting down to about 10 minutes, but it took me a month. And I, I never really got completely comfortable with it, but it, it got better. Now, that first one was an hour and it was, it was painful for me. It was painful for my wife who was in the next room. It was just, it was bad for everybody. And I came out of that experience sort of going, never, video is never again. So and now it's anything. Have you continued to make TikTok videos and did that video do anything for you on TikTok? Uh, it did a lot. It actually did a lot for my confidence. Um, am I making them now? No, because my my ideal client is not on TikTok. And so that's not that's not a great use of my time to be in that space. I could target people there, but actually I'm going to I'm focusing my time on a different audience. And that was an important part of my TikTok journey was knowing one was learning to become more comfortable with video, which I did become more comfortable. The other was realizing that while video is good, that wasn't the right channel for me to be putting my videos on. And that's a key part of creating videos. Don't just create videos and throw them out onto every, every channel to get the best value. You've got to put them in front of the people who you want to attract and you want to help. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There is a, a TikTok is changing. The demographic is changing as as everyone ages. But there's a new biggest demographic on TikTok is uh, 35 to 55 year old. So it is changing really? round to that we will be able to use that as a channel to you know communicate with potential clients. Uh, I'm not using it yet, um, and it's still it's still very early days. So, Chris, do you think, in your opinion? that video has reached the stage where it's an essential business skill? An essential business skill. I'm going to give a horrible answer. It depends. It depends on who you're talking to. So for the majority of people who are comfortable in a corporate environment, doing their, doing their job for you know, a project manager or an accountant, if that's the path they're on, Videos not now is not an essential skill, not in terms of making, creating, and putting out there. Being comfortable on camera, yes, because we are far more virtual now. There's a, it's been growing over the last few years. Everyone's going to say the last couple of years has really increased the amount of time we spend on video. So being comfortable on video, yes, but creating video, for a lot of people, it's not going to be an essential skill now. But for anyone wanting to create their own business yes perhaps even if um someone gave me an example i live in a, a medieval city in europe i live in, in uh, maastricht in the netherlands and there's a lot of history here and there's a couple of shops that print books using old printing presses and that couldn't be further from video they're literally hands-on making books they make videos for their business like what they do in their business couldn't be further removed from video, hand stitching, hand printing books on handmade paper, but they need video to grow their business. So for anyone with a business, yes, it's essential. It really is. And if you're not doing it now, you may not feel like you're falling behind, but you're already behind and you're going to get further behind. 
Jeez, that uh, book printing business just sound. I was actually, when you're talking, I could picture a lot of the images. And it, you're so lucky if you work in a business where you are actually creating some sort of physical product because you actually have content then to film. It can be a little bit yeah. different because uh, if you're someone who deals in knowledge, as we do, a lot of our videos are this, you know, um, you know, turning up. But humans are interesting and humans communicating with each other uh, can be just as interesting. So if you're listening, uh, don't get put off because you don't make uh, a physical product. You know, you don't make Stradivarius vi uh, violins. I didn't even say that. <laughs> Whatever the name is, you don't make violins or something which make wonderful pictures. So, Chris, can you tell people who are listening something that might lessen their anxiety when they're on the uh, earlier – well, they, they, they're still sitting on the fence – and they're waiting to make videos, uh, and they're feeling really nervous about it. What would you say to them? Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story for something that, that happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. That was a it was a huge aha moment for something in life that that really paralleled with my video creation journey. I went to uh, an indoor trampoline park with with my family, and it's it's a big warehouse with the floor is made of trampolines. It's a lot of fun. And they have a um, series of, of levels that you can jump off and land on one of those big crash mats of a stuntman crash mat. And I went up, I jumped off the small one, jumped off the medium one, climbed up to the big one and stood on the edge and I froze. And I'm, I'm a climber, so I'm fine with heights, but I was really nervous about jumping off something with no safety. And the first time as I stood there for about five minutes, I then climbed down again. I was really nervous. And then I watched a bunch of seven-year-olds run off the edge and land on the crash mat. And I thought, if they can do it, I can absolutely do this. And I got back up to the top and I was really nervous again. And then I crouched down as low as I possibly could, got as low to the, and sort of rolled off the edge to get myself as close to the crash mat as possible. And it was totally fine. It wasn't really enjoyable, but it was fine. So I went again. And this time I didn't bend down quite so far. And then I went again and I stepped off the edge. And by the fourth time, I was able to jump off the edge because each time the experience showed me it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And that, as I was talking to my wife about this, she said, that sounds like, like your video experience. And it absolutely was. The fear was all in my head. And once I'd done it, I got a little bit less scared. And then I did it again. I got a little bit less nervous. And a little bit, and, a, and those little bits added up to now being comfortable on camera. It's not one big leap. So for anyone who's starting the journey, you are not going to immediately become super comfortable YouTube expert, you know, video superstar. You're not going to get that comfort straight away. It's going to take these little steps, but every time you do it, it will get easier. And it does, it, it certainly does get easier. Uh, what are some of the excuses, are the common excuses you hear your clients uh, give you uh, if you've got to help them get in front of the camera? Uh, what do they come up with? Oh, there's, there's the, oh, well, uh, the, the appearance, both phys so personal appearance and setting. Oh, I don't have a good background or I don't have good, uh, the lighting isn't, isn't good and my camera isn't right and, my, my, my haircut's next week, so I can't do it this week. And that's guys and girls. It's, everybody, has the, everybody mentions hair at some point, except those who don't have it, who then tend to make a joke about that and say, oh, the lights will shine. 
So there's all of the general personal physical appearance and then a sort of background. And what I say to, to those people is watch the news. Watch the news and pay attention when the experts come on. And those experts aren't in perfectly lit studios. Some of them are in their kitchen or they're tucked away in the corner where they've tried to put a couple of books in the background. And some of them are using their sort of the, looking down at their laptop camera and they have that up the nose uh, view. And these are experts and they're on national news. So look at those and take comfort in you don't have to be perfect because there's no such thing. You don't have to be perfect before you start. And the whole industry is changing in that, that uh, COVID coming along and forcing uh, people to use their phones, use their laptops to come into national broadcasts. That would, uh, it was rarely done in, in, uh, except the most extreme yeah. circumstances. But now they love it. Uh, television networks love that because it saves them so much money. I mean, typically yes. what you would do, you would send a crew out and that crew would go without a journalist and they would set up and, you know, you'd put an X on the wall and a person would have to look at the X on the wall and then they would oh, be wow. looking around anywhere but at the X on the wall. Yeah. Uh, and they were very stilted. It was very unnatural. They didn't really know what was going on. But it's far more convenient to do it on uh, your phone or your webcam now. And now it's accepted as normal. And that's important yep. for people to understand is that if you've got this idea in your head that everything is like it was five years ago, it's moved on from that. And you can't win this new video game if you're playing by those old rules. Hey, Chris, it's been great chatting to you here. If people want to catch up with you and find out more about you, where can they go? Uh, my social hangout is on LinkedIn. Look for Chris Fenning and you can go to chrisfenning.com. My website is a ton of info about clear and concise communication on there. Terrific. All right, Chris, I'll catch up with you sometime. Great. Thanks, Julian.